This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. And it all takes place while you're filling out financial reports at work, in the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen, call in sick, do whatever you got to do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. We welcome you into the Go 24-7 podcast. My name is Bryce Kuhn alongside Glenn West as we're officially in the month of December. I don't believe Glenn has put up his Christmas tree yet since the last time we uh, we hopped on here, but that, that's okay. Am I right, Glenn? We got the tree in New Orleans, not up here in Baton Rouge, though. We, 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 I got, we got one in New Orleans, though. So, <laughs> Glenn's home away from home. Um, <laughs> Glenn... People are trying to find a new home in the transfer portal, which kicked off Monday, which I don't know what I expected, but I'll tell you this, it blows my mind now for the second straight year. You hear the portal is going to be crazy. You talk to folks who say it's going to be absolutely nuts, and then it actually gets here, and it still surprises you. The names, the amount of quality names, and just the overall amount of names that entered the portal. LSU trying to be a player, uh, but wanted to get your thoughts on kind of, we talked you know recently about the portal plan. Brian Kelly shed some more light on that, saying it was going to be a very um, directed attack, a very... Um, Targeted. You know, pointed, targeted. Yeah, a targeted. He likes that word over the course of the season. Targeted and targeting. He, he likes to talk about stuff like that. Um, it's going to be a targeted attack, though. Your thoughts on what we've seen so far, some of the interest at the wide receiver position, at the safety and the cornerback position. It feels like with what Kelly's being public about is kind of how we've measured up and seen throughout the social media spheres and all the player rumors. Yeah, I mean, they've they've definitely made a more targeted approach at a couple of different positions, which I think has given us a little bit more intel on kind of their thought process. I think, you know, you look, uh, you start at wide receiver with a guy like Xavion Thomas, who I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more in depth um, as the week goes on, uh, entered the portal this week. Um, and he's he's a, he's a name that you've definitely got to monitor if, if you're LSU and if you're you're, you're following the program. Uh, that's definitely one that I think you're you're going to be very interested in. Uh, a guy who has put it together now for a couple straight years at Mississippi State, not only as a receiver, uh, but also as a special teams man and a guy who I think can really uh, come in and spark you in a number of different ways. Uh, you know, for 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 LSU's offense in 2024, I think he 
is certainly somebody that you want to keep an eye on uh, as LSU tries to find some, some 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 potential replacements, obviously, for what you're going to be losing with Malik Neighbors and in all likelihood Ben Thomas, too. So uh, that that would be certainly a, a start. You know, they, they've, they've certainly targeted receiver. And uh, I would say definitely the secondary is going to be another one to keep a close eye on, um, you know, with guys like Jarden Gilbert and Jair Brown. Uh, we, we mentioned these names a couple uh, a couple of days ago in our last pod, but the, the, the heat seems to certainly be uh, you know, turning up a level of notches on, on Gilbert in particular, the former A&M safety. So, you know, safety is, a, is an interesting one because uh, I, I do think that LSU will probably need to replace a couple of guys in that room um, just from natural attrition, but also from guys like Andre Sam, who are no longer eligible to return to the team and don't really know what's going to go on with major burns. It does seem to be some up in the air to whether or not he's going pro. Um, so, so bringing in a guy like Gilbert, I think would solve uh, some, some issues, a guy who has played well uh, in the past and, and has obviously a, a really good track record from being from Louisiana and uh, you know, all those ties that, that kind of come with that. So um, very, very interesting couple of first couple of days. I mean, you know, this is, we're still kind of in the infancy here of, of the portal as a whole. I mean, as crazy mm-hmm. as that sounds, you know, there's still four or five weeks now for players to really enter their, their name into the portal and to, to really kind of get a more of a clear idea of what LSU will want to do. But uh, certainly when I look at just kind of the start here, uh, receiver, cornerback, defensive line, uh, you know, Walter Nolan obviously being the big name D line that's through the portal LSU uh, is apparently going to be one of the many many schools in the in you know that that you know give him a call and see what his interest level is and what it might take to get him to Baton Rouge but uh, there's there's certainly a ton of other names out there which I'm sure we'll we'll dive into here in a little bit but um, yeah I, I I think that those are the main three and those are three that we talked about at length last week before the portal even opened. Uh, was receiver, defensive line, and certainly the two positions in the secondary. Um, and, and I think LSU so far has, has certainly made that known just through the way that they've been targeting, you know, those those players handing out offers, going on these in-home visits now for, for recruiting this week. I think all that's becoming a little bit more clear. You talk about some of the big names, and look, if you're LSU, you have to do your due diligence. Like, like you have to kick the tires on, you know, uh, really, I guess you could just say A&M's entire roster when they enter, because that's how that's how talented that defensive front is. And LSU fans got to witness that just two, three weeks ago when the Aggies came to Tiger Stadium. So you talk about evaluations, Glenn. I think that when you look at some of the names, LT Overton, another guy that entered the portal recently, uh, you know, I like everyone would love to see, you know, Edrin Cooper uh, in, in purple and gold if they could. But all of this saying is the evaluation process, you know, Kelly alluded to having some of those exit meetings. We saw some of the trickle effect of some names enter the portal for LSU. Some expected. Uh, I, I would say probably all of those guys. It makes sense yeah. why, why they're entering the portal, uh, kind of ending the, their opportunity in Baton Rouge. Brian Kelly has talked about this more targeted approach, and I even will relate it to maybe fans watching or you know NFL draft fans. You're going for for quality over quantity this year. Uh, you know, in the past couple of years, you've had to really just over overhaul and revamp the defense. Glenn, for lack of better words, you just had to get some warm bodies back there to fill out a roster uh, from where they were. This year, being more pointed with that, being more directed with that, I, I think it's an example of what they're building. 
but also something you and I have so much talked about is the roster retention, recruiting your own roster. I, I truly do believe that Brian Kelly, although fans might disagree with some of the poor play, I think this staff believes in what they have in-house and they want to supplement the roster instead of building out the roster to the portal. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And I thought that, you know, we talked a little bit about this before he got we we got on uh, the to record today, but I thought that Kelly gave one of his more poignant uh, press conferences of the season yesterday. Um, for those who haven't seen it, you can go back and watch it. We've got a bunch of stories out right now on uh, some of the big topics and, and that were covered, and certainly one of the big ones was transfer portal. And and I think that you, uh, I, I can't remember who asked the question. It might have actually been me, but they they, they talked about. Uh, you know, he, he talked about the fact that the defense was not a close group last year. Like this, this mm-hmm. last season was tough in, in terms of the, the turnover that they had to have uh, all the new starters that they had to implement into the roster and uh, just how it took them way too long to kind of figure out uh, what they had in some of these guys. And so I do think that there is going to be a more conscious approach to getting some of these guys back. You know, he mentioned yesterday in the press conference that, they're expecting 10 of the 11 uh, guys with the highest snap count that are eligible to return. I think that's what he meant, that the guys that are eligible to return, <laughs> 10 of the 11 top guys uh, to be back in the fold on defense. And when you just kind of scroll through the names there, uh, there's there's a lot of interesting ones. I mean, um, you got Mason Smith, Makai Wingo, Greg Penn, Harold Perkins, Sage Ryan, uh, Savion Jones, Zion Alexander, from the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Ha! Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes! Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. In there as well, um, that I, I think that LSU would welcome back with open arms just to get another offseason of development with them. Um, so I do think that they're going to. Yeah, the, the, the goal all along has been to get a lot of those pieces back. And I think certainly you mm-hmm. can uh, throw in some of the younger guys in there as well, like in the secondary with Toviano and uh, Ryan Yates and, and some of these guys. I mean, Whit Weeks at linebacker, Paris Shand is a transfer you just got in this year as well. So, like, there's there's a ton of names here that I think LSU expects to have back in the fold for 2024, which, you know, then you can really kind of – like you said, target your approach here of who you actually want to go after and get. And then, you know, mm-hmm. Sonny had a great Nuggets piece on Tuesday that I think you know, everybody should go check out. And um, just kind of below it, I've kind of put down my wish list of what, you know, I, I think LSU would ideally like to have. I put down two cornerbacks or two defensive backs, uh, starting safety, um, 
you know, I think certainly two receivers seems to be where this thing's going. I think you'd love to get somebody to fill uh, the, the special teams role with a guy like Thomas, but uh, certainly two receivers. I think you'd like to get an offensive lineman in here, uh, potentially a quarterback. We went, we talked at length about that last week and just kind of the positives and, uh, you know, just kind of the, the risks that you run, uh, I guess, with, with going after a specific kind of quarterback. So um, I, I do think it's going to be more in the seven to eight range, which is something we've heard mm-hmm. a lot here over the last couple of weeks as LSU season is wound, wound down that they, they don't want to have to go in and get 13, 14, 15 guys again out of the portal. They want to definitely make this more of a six, seven, eight man class and uh, I think you're seeing from at least the early offer, early sign, the early buzz that we're hearing of some of these names, uh, they're swinging for the fences with a couple of them. I think that there's certainly some uh, very interesting guys that have been tied to LSU so far. And um, just it'll be about just as LSU is able to close on them and, and kind of make that right pitch and see if they can't get this thing back on the right track. Yeah, I caution fans, this isn't a Madden video game where you can have 99s across the whole roster. But I will say, you mentioned swinging big and fishing in the in the, uh, the big waters for the big fish. I, I think when you look at LSU's roster, Glenn, I think Kelly and this staff feel comfortable with rotational pieces. And we can start on the defensive line and, and obviously the conversation surrounding a guy like Walter Nolan. But every single player that enters from A&M, especially on that defensive front because they had so much talent there, if a guy like Shamar Stewart decides to go in, LT Overton, I mentioned, went in earlier uh, this week. Yes, you don't want to just fill it out with three to four rotational guys because you just mentioned some of the guys that come back play nice roles within you know LSU's defense. I think that they're looking for that high impact, that disruptor that maybe, Glenn, they think they have on the roster, especially if Makai Wingo comes back, you know, but in Mason Smith. But if not, you got to find a high impact guy, I think, that can be consistently disruptive to really help a defense that we saw in the bigger games without a Makai Wingo there, especially in that Alabama game, struggled to really control the line of scrimmage. I think that's why they're swinging for the big fish. Now, look, you're not going to find it across the entire roster. They're not, I mean, I don't expect them to have the number one portal class with the best player at each available position. But what I think they are doing, I think it's the correct method because I truly do think and want to get your thoughts on this. They believe in what they had, like I said earlier, but they understand if we're going to make a difference in a new competitive SEC, we have to have that difference maker up front. I, I yeah I completely agree and, and look if you get Wingo and Smith back I think a lot of this on the interior line specifically hinges on what happens with those two guys if you get one back okay you're swinging for the fences at at somebody else to help fill that position that that one of those guys left behind um, but if you get both of those guys back I do think it gives you a little bit more leniency on what you want to have as your kind of next defensive lineman next to those guys because mm-hmm. look believe it, I mean. You can say, you know, obviously Mason Smith did not have a great year coming back from that injury. They still believe in the talent. They still believe in what he yeah. can do. And I don't see his role diminishing at all next year. I think that they're going to be really excited to get him back for another offseason if that's what he decides to do uh, to really kind of lean into his game and work on his technique, work on getting himself uh, back into, you know, more consistent game leg situation. Um and, and if you get Makai Wingo back, that's just adding another All-American into the mix as well. So I don't think that you'd be swinging for the fences on the interior if you get those guys back, uh, where I do think maybe you would pivot and maybe target is somebody 
at more of a defensive line edge role kind of guy, uh, somebody that can mm. rush the passer on a consistent basis. I mean, we saw it last year. Um, yeah, part of the problem was they weren't getting much push on the outside to, to kind of get, you know, these quarterbacks rattled, especially these more mobile quarterbacks that were able to escape the pocket um, and, and kind of take off from there. Uh, you're hoping that Savion Jones can come back and take that next step. I would be um, very surprised if you brought in, like, for example, another Jack linebacker. I think they're pretty set there with mm-hmm. Swenson and certainly what you hope to get from Deshaun Womack and Jackson Howard next year. Uh, but, but kind of another – a big defensive end, somebody that you can kind of plug in and um, is athletic and give you something there on the outside. And it's kind of transitions us probably into one of the guys that we're going to talk about, but I, I have to imagine that they're going full, full force right now with Gabriel Relaford uh, to try yeah. to get that locked up. And, and uh, he commits here in a couple of days. I think LSU's made a lot of great strides there. Uh, and he, he, to me, is more of a typical defensive end. I don't know that he's going to be a guy that you can ask to put on 30 pounds uh, and, and try to be a D tackle. I, I would love to see him as, a, as an edge rusher, as a defensive end, somebody that can kind of use his athleticism to his advantage. I think he's uh, the, the prototype kind of guy that I think LSU needs to kind of go in there and uh, add some more beef into that, that and some more juice and athleticism into that rotation. But the problem is that he's a freshman and he's a true freshman. And we do know that LSU has been not hesitant to play true freshmen, but in specific situations, you know, you don't have to look much further than Whit Weeks or even a guy like Deshaun Womack, who was a five star talent this last year, to know that they don't, you know, they don't always play those guys, and which is just which is perfectly fine. They, 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 they know those players better than any of us do. Um, but I do think that there's going to be a lot more competition on the defensive line and that you, you're going to have to target a specific kind of player uh, in the portal if that's what you ultimately decide. But I do think the fact that they brought in Sean Washington in recent weeks, uh, you're in a good spot with Relaford, um, you know, that they don't have to swing for the fences in the portal with a defensive lineman. I think if you can get somebody in here that you know will will impact your rotation and be a positive uh, force for you, whether it's on the interior or on the outside, somebody like a you know like Braden Swinson had in terms of impact. You know, a guy who maybe wasn't on the field every single snap, but when he was out there, he he contributed and he helped. Uh, kind of uh, I think he was probably your most consistent pass rusher last year so if you can mm-hmm. find somebody like that it can certainly be a part of a rotation but doesn't necessarily have to be a superstar kind of talent out of the portal I think that's definitely what LSU would look at on the defensive line you mentioned Gabriel Relaford going to be making that decision up in Shreveport um, next week uh, decommitted from Texas A&M uh, well, from what we've heard was a really, really good official visit that he was able to take, uh, you know, this past weekend, we're going to talk with Sonny later in the week about this really kind of previewing that commitment. Uh, Glenn, you mentioned it. I mean, Relaford is a guy that LSU has stayed on when A&M loses their defensive line coach, who's going to go to Syracuse. It kind of opened up the door to LSU, maybe even, you know, it was a crack, and now it's kind of wide open. LSU feels like they're they're firmly in the race here. I know that a lot of um, experts have predicted, you know, on on various sites to for Relaford to be an option to be in Baton Rouge. When you look at his potential impact in this twenty twenty four class, I, I, one thing I've picked up on, and you know, maybe I'm I'm newer to the LSU beat and coverage. LSU's really never out of a race. I know that there's been frustration from fans on certain guys and certain names. 
but the way they continue to recruit, maybe Glenn, even despite not really having a true defensive line coach uh, with, you know, just things they couldn't control this year. I think it's, it is a testament to the staff to be in the race. And for a lot of people feel like the favorite heading into that commitment. Yeah, look, he'll commit here on December 8th, which is just a couple days from when we're recruiting, uh, recording this current pod. So, like, he'll, by the time somebody maybe watches this, he'll probably already be committed to LSU. So, or, or committed somewhere, wherever he decides. It sounds like it's going to be LSU or Texas. Um, you know, and, and, and so we'll, we'll see here what happens in a couple days. But, uh, I do think that, you know, they're in as good a position as possible with him following that official visit. And it was something that for a while, we had been saying, look, they've got a lot of work to do. They've got a lot of work on this one. This was going to be a very, very tough pull. And I think, you know, a big a big part of why I think LSU has kind of made the move that they have uh, the last several days is you know, Elijah Robinson, the AM D-line coach, going up mm-hmm. to Syracuse and taking that defensive coordinator job. Uh, that, I think, really kind of makes Relaford – uh, made, you know, made Relaford kind of rethink his possibilities. Um, we'll see here if it – does anything to affect Dominic McKinley, who's another five-star Louisiana defensive lineman. LSU still has an official visit uh, that they could use with him, um, and he he hasn't he had he's been a little bit quiet as, as you know they, they've kind of gone through their playoff run in Acadiana. Um, but you know, look, LSU would love all the talent in the world right now on that defensive line. I think you know there's going to be some attrition there, um, but but certainly starting with a guy like Relaford, I think. Uh, would certainly you know, put a, uh, a burst of energy into this class um, and, and, and give you somebody here that could be a really good uh, you know, product and a guy that you could bring in and really help kind of rebuild the defensive line to an extent and, and help you know, just kind of get that, get that group back on track to where they were um, you know, several years ago. Yeah, you, you talk about, you know, building the depth. Look, you want to space it out between classes. You don't want to be senior heavy and not really know what you're going to go into next year. It feels like if you can add Relaford to the mix, you're really starting to create balance in that defensive line room where, hey, we've got sophomores we like. We have freshmen we like. But we also have some really high-impact juniors and seniors. That's where LSU wants to get. Uh, the last topic before we get out of here has been one that uh, was was posed to Brian Kelly yesterday in the press conference, and I think it's huge when you talk about coaching, but also just the roster in general, and it kind of goes back into that roster retention. It's the the continuity of this team, and you mentioned not being so close. Glenn, now that we're out of it, is it – you know, when, when Kelly said that, and it kind of, you know, it's easy to say things after the season in hindsight. I, I think when I kind of look back, and I was even, I was even watching some of the games late last night, just going back and watching some of the recaps. It makes sense. Like when Kelly said that they were really not close. Look, you have to be close over the course of a twelve-game season to perform at an elite level. It does make sense with some of the communication issues. I know you and I both remember several player interviews that sat in and said, "Hey, our communication has to be better." And whether it's a player-coach or or player-player relationship, it makes sense. How do you think you fix that? Does continuity help with staff, which is obviously a big topic, and players? Or what's your take on that situation? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it there. I mean, when we were talking to players, even at the end of the season, they were mentioning some of these communication uh, deficiencies within the group. And that is very alarming to me. I mean, you know, it's one thing to just kind of be out schemed or out talented or whatnot. But, you know, for, for guys not to be in the right position or, or not to be communicating with one another on a, you know, 
play in play out basis that that to me was a concern um but you know it sounds like they've uh from what we've heard and from what kelly has said in the past you know, they've um they're really going to approach this thing uh with with with, with a lot of uh, i'm trying to think of the word that he used yesterday transparency was was the word mm-hmm. that he used yesterday that they wanted to use uh and, and that, that was something that he talked about mainly with the transfer portal stuff but i think it also works you know, hand in hand with the defensive staff and with changes and certainly with the personnel that they're bringing in uh, and the personnel that they're hoping to return. You've got to be open with all these guys in in terms of just what you think is the best move for the program going forward. Um, I, you know, look, we'll, we'll get into this more probably next week and weeks after, but from what I can understand and from what I just as an educated guess, I don't believe <laughs> right hypothesis. now. I don't believe right now that they're moving on from Matt House. I don't think that's going to be what mm. they do. Um, I think you could see certainly some coaching changes on the outside in terms of just bringing in a new D line coach to help and keeping Lindsay in that administrative role. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, position coach wise, I think you could see a couple other you know mix ups there, but um, I. I, I just I, I don't get the sense based off of what Kelly said and on the on the evaluations that they're going to go through uh, that, that that they'll move on from him. Now look, we could have this conversation in a week, and they could be a, a mix for a defensive coordinator and looking for yeah. that search. But I think that's a decision you have to make sooner than later. If that's what you're going to do, like I know that there's been some talk about you know waiting until January or something to do this until after the bowl game. If if you're making that significant a change, I would think you would want to do it now or at least as soon as possible so you can start getting some feelers out there for your next defensive coordinator and what that looks like so Mm -hmm. um if that's the decision that kelly ultimately makes i think we something relatively soon if not uh then i think that you know this is there's gonna there's gonna be heat and pressure on this no matter what happens like if kelly retains house there's gonna be a lot of pressure uh that they have a great plan in place to to kind of right the ship and try to get this thing back on track. Uh, if he doesn't, then he's got to hit, hit, hit a home run higher with, with the next coordinator. So there's, there's going to be pressure either way here. going to be very interesting to follow over the next several days. Uh, but I do think that, um, you know, the, the, the continuity piece that you mentioned here, um, you know, I think it starts with personnel and what you're seeing here so far is that there haven't been a whole ton of entries in the portal. There's going to be some more, you know, I, I would imagine LSU gets up to the 10, 11 range in terms of uh, departures from via the portal. Um, and, and certainly several more probably for the draft. But um, I, I think that LSU feels like they're in a really good position with a lot of these core foundational pieces that they got into the mix last year. And that's where you got to start. You got to start with players. Mm-hmm. You got to start with talent and, and you develop it from there and make your decisions uh, based off of what you have, based off of what you know. Uh, and I think that, you know, look, Brian Kelly, you mentioned this in your piece today. Like, he, he's not afraid to make these decisions. He's, he's certainly done it in the past and you can certainly build off of that a little bit, but um, you know, I, I would, I would, I would imagine that whatever he decides it's in the best interest uh, of LSU football going forward. And we'll see if uh, those kind of uh, mindsets correlate here with the, with the rest of the fan base. 
Yeah, it was uh, Eli Drinkwitz that hopped on the 24-7 sports show um, on Monday, the Portal Palooza show. And he said something that resonated with me, and then Kelly kind of you know, also talked about it. He said, look, you have to make the best decisions when you know, you're deciding the future of a program because, honestly, guys, it's the difference between having a job or not. You know, He was just really candid about it. And I think Brian Kelly, while he wasn't as candid with it, it really comes down to that. Like, it really comes down to the difference – and the year three plan or the three-year plan that he talked about this upcoming season being that year, um, look, I, I've, I've said it before, I think years three, four, and potentially five are going to make or break Brian Kelly's tenure at LSU, uh, and it's going to be really interesting to watch. Good reason for you to subscribe to the channel and like this video to maintain your content uh, as we roll out more content. Head over to Go247. No deal right now, but hey, you check out some great VIP content that we've got rocking and rolling. Sonny, as we're talking about this, working on a Nuggets piece that he's going to be posting, we'll have the podcast, we'll have so much more content that we want you to be a part of. And Glenn? Man, after Christmas, uh, I guess it's going to be time to ramp up your uh, your baseball season once again. Yeah, February, we're getting close. <laughs> you know, they 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 they're we're getting there. We're we're having some fun with baseball already. We'll we'll uh, they just came off a really good fall, and some interesting decisions have already been made about what that lineup could look like next year in terms of position and pitching. So, yeah, I'm excited for baseball. I'm always excited for baseball season. That's a good one. Should be fun. I'm I'm excited to experience my first springtime at Baton Rouge around Alex Box. It's going to be a fun one. My name is Bryce Kuhn. He is Glenn West. We ride over at Go 24-7. We also have Sunny Ship. Fantastic crew that we have over there. And you make sure to check us out. VIP content, free content. Come join the message boards and keep us company throughout the holiday season. We'll catch you next time here on the Go 24-7 podcast. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.